Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. And, and I'm just, I just thought I'd read Romans chapter number one. I'll get to verse number 16 and God said, you finally found what I've been trying to show you. So I think I'll just park on Romans chapter one, verse number 16 this morning, preach the textual message, just expound on this particular text, not going three or four before or after, gonna stay right here in Romans one and verse number 16. If you found that, shout amen. amen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm preaching on the gospel today. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Father, I love you and I thank you for the morning, the time. I love you because you first loved me. And Brother Gordon said it, we can't get too far that you don't love us. You love us in spite of ourselves. You love us in spite of who we are. For God so loved the world. God, you loved your creation. You love every person in this room today. No matter what the hate mongers and those despisers of the word say in the world today, we know the love of God. I pray you'd fill my mouth, guard my tongue, and preach me with accuracy inside the holy writ. I pray my God be pleased with what I do today. Oh, God. Help me, Lord, do what you'd have me do. I'll sit down and get out of the way. And, uh, oh, God, we bid the Holy Ghost to do what he does today. And we'll praise you and give you glory for everything that's done. Asking in our king's name, Jesus. Amen. And amen. Now, Paul's writing a letter to the Romans here. And he's talking about how much he cares about them and how he's going to, eventually, he's going to come to them. This is about four years if Paul had held on to this letter about four years, now I'm not going to argue about a year plus or minus, but about four years from this time, Paul could have carried this letter himself. Hey, he could have hand-delivered this thing because they're going to arrest him and put him in jail. And he's going to be there for things he's not guilty of, but he's going to die just the same. So Paul, we know that he's writing this letter and he's going to send it to the Romans now they're prepared before Paul ever gets there. This letter's been introduced. Now, if you want to read, now I'm going to tell you something this morning, and, and America's close to this. It's come before Congress two other times and been voted down. It's a bill concerning hate speech. And hate speech says. You can't say anything bad about anyone, no matter how they live or what they do. I thank the Lord that an old brassy preacher with enough backbone to tell me I was going to hell got up and preached me the truth and I heard the word of God and I understood where I, that I could understand where I stood with God and the Holy Spirit convicted me and I knew that I must do something about it or die and go to hell. Had it not been for the word of God, I'd have never known that. So it may come a day in America and you think I'm about a half a bubble off 
over this. No, I'm, I'm dead on. I'm between the lines. In America, things continue like they have. In the next 10 years, it's very possible they put me in jail for preaching out of Romans chapter number one. In 10 years, I'll be so old then it won't matter. I know all of you people that's a lot older than me think you're just a kid. You tell my body that. It would argue. The letter's been written, and here's what Paul said. I'm, not, I'm just going to expand on this. For I, that's a personal pronoun. That is, listen, that is saying I want you to take that personally today and ask yourself this question. Am I ashamed of the gospel of Christ? Personally, today, Paul said, for I am not ashamed. <laughs> That's you. If I went around this room and asked everyone to stand up and tell me about their encounter with Christ and how they stood with God and if they're ashamed of how they are or are they ashamed of him and what he done, how could we be ashamed? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Listen, they didn't strip me naked and hang me on a cross. They didn't flog me until the hide was falling off my back. They didn't stick a spear in my side and the blood and the water come forth. Hey, they didn't put me in a borrowed tomb. If they'd have done those things, I couldn't have got up. But that's what they've done to my Savior. They've done all those things and more. I'm not ashamed of what he done for me today. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Maybe a lot of things. But I'm not ashamed. Are you ashamed? You know what Jesus said in Luke 9? About verse Luke 9. I know it's in 9. Somewhere in the 40s. He said, therefore, if you be ashamed of me and my words, I'll be ashamed of you when the Son of Man come in glory. Are you ashamed of him today? Of him and his word? He didn't just say me. He said, are you ashamed? If, you, if you're ashamed of me and my word, you know why they're trying to change this book right here? To keep it from shaming. I mean, you keep rewriting the writ, pretty soon you can get it to say whatever you want to. They don't want it to shame us. I'm glad, listen, by the law is the knowledge of sin. I'm glad it showed me my sin. Hey, listen, I would have been in a bad way had not I known my sin. But look, the law, praise God, the word of God showed it. I'm not ashamed of that book. I'm ashamed of myself. I, I wish I could say I never do anything that I'm ashamed of anymore, but that wouldn't be true. There's things I'm ashamed of now. And if you won't admit that, you need to be the first one on the altar today. Because P-R-I-D-E has eaten you up. Dusty has a temper just like me. I wish he didn't. I wish he didn't. I wish he was more like Aunt Bobby. You couldn't make her mad if you kicked her off the top of this church and then poured water on her. She would just go, well. I'd jump up, find a stick, gouge your eye out. Something's going to happen. I'm telling you, I'd be smoking. 
Dusty gets mad, I try to talk him down. When I get mad, he tries to talk me down. You know why we do that? Because we understand each other. You know what he says? Mom and Joe Beth just don't understand. And if you don't have that kind of temperament, you cannot understand it. Say, why'd that make you mad? I can't explain why it makes me mad. Left lane drivers? I R1. Yeah, I, I, I R1 too. Left lane, and, and nobody's touching them, my bumper. That's what I'm saying. That's right. I'm just that is. I'm ashamed of things that make me mad, Mike Render. I wish they didn't make me mad. You know what they, they spit in Jesus' face? And the Bible said that he's holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. You can't see where. Look, the only thing that ever made him mad was the religious people. He kicked their tables over, huh? told them they'd turned his house into a den of thieves. It should have been a house of prayer. That's the bunch he got mad at. Everybody else, the ones beating on him, spitting on him, treating him bad, you can't find one place. You know what he said? You know what he said on Calvary? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. My word. <laughs> How could we be ashamed of that? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What is the gospel, preacher? Well, I'll, I'll talk about the power under salvation in a moment. But here's the gospel. That Jesus died and was buried and rose again according to the scriptures. And Jesus died for our sin. And rose again according to the scriptures. And you know what that is today? To somebody, so that somebody will give an ear. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. You know what that is? That's good news. Amen. You watch the evening news, there's nothing good on the evening news. It's so liberal and left wing, it makes me want to vomit. I admire a baseball player from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Do you know his name? What's his name, Mike? I know, I'm the same one. There's a baseball player on the t Los Angeles Dodgers team. Now, I never have liked the Dodgers. Don't like them, never did like them. I like Atlanta. Braves fan, can't help it. This guy found out what they were about to do. They're about to put queer Jesus, uh, 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 a cross-dresser, on a cross and parade around on the 16th of, of June. It's 16th of June. So prior to him doing this, this guy come out and he said, look, I realize playing baseball is a, uh, is, is a gift. But I don't appreciate at all what you're all about to do right here. I'm against this. Now, this is on team. They may have kicked him off. I don't know. But I like this guy. He's not ashamed of the gospel. But you know what Jesus would say about that bunch? That's dressed up. He'd say, Lord, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. The gospel's the good news. I, I welcome good news. I want to hear some good news. Somebody tell me somebody got saved somewhere. Good news. Somebody tell me that the church got revived, excited. Good news. 
Somebody tell me that a baby was born healthy. Good news. Let somebody tell me that a baby was born and it's not healthy and they didn't kill the baby. Good news, praise God. Hey, I like good news. And the gospel is good news. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel means good news. For it is the power of God. The word power there is dunamis. You guys, you Bible students know that. It's where we get dynamite. It's where we get the word dynamite. You know what dynamite will do? You put dynamite under something and set it off and it'll change it. No matter what it is, right there's a dynamite man. Richie Hall. If you put dynamite under a big pile of rock, what happens? Going to be a bunch of little rocks. It's going to change it from how it is. You know what? That's what the power does to us. The dunamis. It comes in us. It comes in. It finds us where we are. Number one, he, he said this. He said, said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. How does he choose us? I'm a whosoever will guy. You can't talk me out of it. Don't even try. How does, it, how does he choose us? By the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. It's by the word of God. And we hear the word of God. And the word of God pricks our heart. And the word of God draws us to By the spirit. The spirit. The word is proclaimed. And the spirit takes that word. You want to see some power? The word of God gets down into a dark black heart. And changes them and turns them in to a new creature. That's power. It'll change you from what you are into what he wants you to be. Now, that's justification. That's redemption. You've been bought with a price. Then we're justified by faith. But he doesn't stop there. It's not that I have been saved, but I am being saved. What does, what does that mean, preacher? That means now I'm in the sanctification process. I'm being saved for the practice of sin. How do I do that? The more of him I give him. The more myself I give him, the more him I have. Are you with me? What does that do? You know what that does? That changes me. I, I mean, I hope that those that are saved, been saved for a period of time, aren't the same Christian today we was 10 years ago. And that's I'm being saved from the practice of sin. sin does sin make you sick? Does it bother you? doesn't bother America. But it ought to bother the church. Sin ought to, if, if, if sin causes you to regret, regret comes. You know who does that? The Holy Ghost. The flesh doesn't do that. The flesh says, well, hey, look, you said it this morning. Hey, I deserve that. I deserve that. But the power that changes us said, you don't deserve nothing. It's a free gift of God. He just gave it to you. Why would he give it to you? Because he loves you. And we love him because? He first loved us. A plus class. That was good. He first loved us. You may say nobody ever loved you. Jesus loved you. Roger Duncan told a story about the old major. He said the major come in and he come into this mission and said the guy but it'd been a long day and he'd about had it with the major and the major would show up about half stewed that means drunk and 
he'd show up there about half drunk. And, and, and finally, the guy running the shelter that day said, said, Major, get back out on the street. You're not welcome here tonight. He said, the old Major stumbled out the door, went down the street just a little bit, and said, said the Lord smote my heart. And said, you're no different than the Major was when I found you. He said, I ran out the door and I looked in one alley and I looked in another alley and said, I found the major. And there he was in a box, curled up drunk. He said, I knelt down beside him and said, Major, I'm sorry I spoke to you so harshly. Come, come back to the mission and I'll find you a bed somewhere. You can have my bed. I'll put you up somewhere, Major, and just come back. He said, I want you to know I love you and I want you to come back. He said, no, Major, sat up and started crying and said, you what? He said, I want you to come back. I want you to come to the mission and I'll find you. He said, no, what else did you say there? You what? He said, I love you. The old major began to weep and said, there's nobody in my life ever told me they love me. Do you really love me? He said, come back and I'll show you that I love you. He took him in the mission, led old major to the Lord, and he was a soldier for God the rest of his day. You know what he found out? Somebody loved him. Listen, God loves you today. How do you know that? Because of the good news of the gospel. But he'll call you out and then he'll change you into a new creature. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. That process of saved, being saved and shall be saved. How is that? What is that? Well, one of these days when he shall appear, I shall be like him. I read this, and you, you probably already heard this somewhere, but I hadn't heard this. And I read this, and this lit my fuse. And this guy, uh, Tozer, or one of these old writers, said this. They said, said, now we walk by faith, but when we leave here, we'll live by sight. Yeah. Lord, that's good. I'm walking by faith, but when I leave here, I'm going to live by sight. I'll see him as he is. Are you ashamed of the gospel? You ever been saved? You play in church, come to church, make you feel better? Never had a born again experience? I mean, born again people, if I said, I say, you one of them born again people? I said, hey, listen, that's what God said you had to do. Don't fuss at me. It was Jesus himself said, you must be. I know I'm not a suggestion, but you must be born again. You ever done that? You ever felt, you ever, you ever come to that place where you know that he birthed you? Ask one of these girls, or women that's had a baby, if they had a baby and they forgot about that experience. No. They know exactly when and how it happened. How much more the spiritual birth. When the holy God of heaven puts his dunamis on you and blows you up and you become something that you wasn't before. We're sitting in the middle of Jonesboro because of a wreck. I'm trying to get to Perry, Georgia on Friday evening. Bad mistake. There's 478,000 people in Atlanta, Georgia, and all of them but three was on the interstate Friday. <laughs> well, I might be exaggerating just a little bit, but there was a large crowd, a large crowd. 
So Pat, we stopped for some petrol. Pat says, hey, she's my navigator. She pulls up on the GPS. She said, we can go down here and hit this state route and, and bypass this wreck. It's 45 minutes, and it just kept going up. It went from 21 to 39, 38, something. Now it's 49 minutes sitting, and Wade's been with me. I don't do sitting good. We're sitting there on that thing, and I said, okay, we'll get some gas, and we'll get on this state route. We'll get on there. Oh, yeah, Walmart trucks decide that's the way they're going. I've been better off sitting in the traffic. And we're going, we're going, we're going. I said, I'm trying not to get upset. I had to try real hard. Because I'm supposed to be somewhere, and I'm thinking I'm not going to make it. When all the time, if I just trust the power of God, he's going to put me where I need to be. And I believe he's going to get me there when I need to be there. And if I don't make it, Clay, then I weren't supposed to be there. There he is. That's him. So let me recommend if you go that way and you're going to bypass and go through Jonesboro, pick another route. I'm going to ask Joe Arthur why there's a red light every 500 feet in Jonesboro, Georgia. It's the power of God and the salvation. To everyone that believes. I like that. To the Jew first. And also to the Greek. Have you had that experience? Do you know what that is? You felt that dunamis that power. Somebody said, how do you know he's saved? I said, by the Spirit of God. That's how you know. You know by the Spirit. The Spirit, listen. Here's what the Spirit does. It bears witness with our spirits. Romans 8. Bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. That's what he does. That's how we know. That we're the children of God. If you've ever been a child of God, I'll tell you some things. Shacked up, drinking, pornography, all just they're just a, a somebody else's wife, somebody else's husband, all these things, it, it, telling lies and stealing money. If them things don't bother you, then, friend, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God does not reside in your house. Because if he resides there, those things will make you upset. They will convict you. Conviction will make you mad. It'll trouble you. It'll trouble you. So, uh, look, there have been a lot of people. I've, and I'm not boasting in this. I've preached a lot of messages in, in meetings and places. And stand at the back door or the front door, whichever way you're coming, makes a difference. And I'm standing there. And, I mean, I've had them that, that wanted me to know I upset them. One guy caught me over in old sanctuary one day and grabbed my hand and he said, I'll just have you know that that's not what the Bible said. And I said, I quoted it to you word for word. What does it mean? He said, well, I don't appreciate you preaching that. I said, you need to talk to the Lord. It's not the preacher. It's not the mailman you got a problem with. It's the bill that came in the box you got a problem with. Somebody got to pay this bill. I'm glad Jesus paid my bill. Praise God. My bill's been paid. He sends it through the mailbox. I just 
were appropriate. Praise God, I'll take that to the throne of mercy. And he pays the bill. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Jay. It's the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. You know what that word believeth means? It means to commit or entrust or to make a deposit. It literally means this. I took me and put it in him. I'm accepted in the beloved. Amen. To make a deposit. Commit. Paul said, I am not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul said, I made a deposit. I put it in him. It's not in a sacrifice. It's not in my grandparents. It's not in my mom and dad. It's not in a good work I can do or a good work I haven't done. It's in none of those things, Brother Branch. It's in Christ and Christ alone. On Christ the solid rock I stand. And all other ground is just sinking sand. Huh. All other ground is sinking sand. I love the book. Where would I be without this book? I'd probably be dead or in jail somewhere. Would I have the blessings of life that the Lord's given me without this book? No way. You know what we're going to have tonight? We're going to have family crusade. You know what that means? Every one of you parents sitting here in this room that can hear my voice ought to have your child here tonight at 6 o'clock or just a little before. And why should we bring our children to a thing that was going to introduce the Word of God to them? Say, we get it one time a week, that's not near enough. But if you bring them, they'll hear something about this. They'll be, point, they'll be signs. You know what a sign does going down the road? You see that sign makes you want Cracker Barrel. And the sign points you to something else. And there's going, to be, there's going to be things in this from tonight through Thursday night that's going to point you to something else. It's going to point you to Christ. I'm challenging you to get them here, bar the neighborhood kids. They can miss one Sunday night at their church. It'd be okay. God knows that we loan ours out enough. And get them here for this. Because when they're old, the Bible says, they'll not depart from you. When you train them up, train them up out of the old book. Why is that so important? Because heaven and earth shall pass away. I'm going to expound on that a little more in my heaven message. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. And if I've heard, if I've hid in my heart the thing that's going to never pass away, I'd say that puts me in pretty good shape. Are you ashamed? Are you saved? You shout over the goodness of God.
read this story. Uh, Brother Cal sent me a book. Got a bunch of little short, everyday devotion things. I love those. I can read them. Uh, quick read, five, ten minutes tops. I'm done. I'm moving on to something else. He sent me this book. And here, here's a story in this book. I'm, we're going to have an invitation. You're going to be welcome to come be saved this morning. The man walked into a barber shop. He sat down in the barber's chair. The barber knew that the guy was a, a, a man of God. And eventually the conversation turned that way. And the man spoke something to the barber. And the barber said, don't start it with me. He said, I'm an atheist. I don't believe none of that stuff. He said, if God was real, then he'd change all this stuff. And you wouldn't have all these problems that we got. So God, therefore, God can't be real because we got too many problems, too many things wrong. I'm an atheist. And the, the man said, I never said another word. He said he got through, I gave him a good tip. I walked out into the street and said, there come a disheveled man, a homeless fella, and said his hair was a wreck. This guy had just come out of the box or wherever he's at. He said, I got him by the arm and said, sir, come with me for just a moment, would you please? And he didn't care. He said, sure. They walk into the barber shop. He opens the door and he looked at his barber and he said, there is no barber's. He said, what are you talking about? I'm a barber. I just cut your hair. He said, there is no barbers or this guy wouldn't look this way. He said, hey, I'm a barber. The problem is that guy wouldn't come to me. Exactly. If everybody got saved, would somebody get sick? Sure. We're under the curse of sin. But I tell you what, if everybody got saved, you could leave your doors unlocked. You could let your children walk up and down the street. They wouldn't be this fighting and fussing and feuding and crazy stuff if everybody got saved. But we'd still die because the wage of sin is death. All is sin that comes short of the glory of God. It's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. But praise be to God, Jesus overcome death, hell, and the grave. I don't believe there's a God. Come to and find out. Stand your feet, bow your head, where you are. Please. You need some dunamis? Preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But to us which are saved, it's the power of God. You need some power? Lord, I'm struggling. Help me. He'll do it. Are you unsaved this morning? And you know if you die this afternoon, you have no hope of heaven. Would you just slip out of your seat and come forward? I've got men right here close by that'll come bring the word of God and show you how you can be gloriously saved this morning. Just trust in, in the Lord. Make your deposit today. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us 
at the time of truth.